0: Welcome back. Excuse my voice if I'm sounding a little hoarse. Your girl has been hungover all day and my voice just has not come back. So this is what we're going to have to deal with because the podcast must go on. Before we get into this week's episode, I have a lot of things to talk about uh, regarding the podcast and regarding what I've been doing, and regarding the Black Lives Matter movement. So bear with me a little bit as I go through all of this. For those of you who do not follow the podcast on Twitter, which is at Podcast, I was um, on an episode of the Ladybug podcast last week. They generously uh, asked me to be on that podcast and to talk about Black Lives Matter and to touch on some key focal points about Black Lives Matter and how white people and non-black people of color can help us during this time. If you have not listened to that episode, I will have the link in the show notes for you to go listen to it because I feel as though it is a really good episode and it's not just because I was in it. Um, The actual conversation between myself and the other woman were phenomenal and I believe that you all should go listen to it because it's good stuff it's good content second thing is if you don't follow me on twitter which is at so-and-so's you do not need to follow me there for any reason whatsoever but i found this black lives matter css shirt through google a couple weeks ago i believe and Um, The shirt was designed by James Teen Green, who is currently not on social media, which I can respect because social media is a lot sometimes. Um, And he designed this shirt in 2015, since its initial run, and all the proceeds of that shirt directly benefit the Black Lives Matter Foundation. So I tweeted out to Tech Twitter and to my friends on Twitter to also purchase and retweet and things of that nature. When I bought my shirt initially, I believe there were 23 shirts sold. And as of today, which is Sunday, there are 535 shirts sold when our original goal was 25 and then 50 and then 100 because I saw it start to spiral out of control. And so far we have raised $11,489. I think that's fucking phenomenal. I love the fact that tech Twitter has risen up in support. I love that I found this shirt. I love the fact that James T. Green, a black person designed this shirt. And I am so happy that we are putting our money where our mouths are in support of the black lives matter movement. And it's great. And then, So the last thing I want to talk about is Black Lives Matter. I will continue to call out and to support Black Lives Matter. I've always been um, vocal about it since um, Ferguson in 2015. But now even more so, um, I feel like I've gotten a lot of good feedback and good energy about being so vocal about this movement. I'm no longer scared to say how I really feel. Um, I don't feel as though it's a detriment to my career. And if there are companies that don't want to hire me because I'm vocal about um, police brutality and their continued brutality of black Americans, then so be it. That's fine. I'm just weeding out the bad ones, so to speak. So Every podcast from here on out is going to be a call to action for myself and allies alike to continue to be vocal about police brutality, to continue to go to protest, to continue to know that black lives do matter. This is not something that's going to be around for a week or so. This is going to be... A long, long process of making sure people understand that we're not going to take it anymore. And I just want you to know that straight up. So if you need to unsubscribe or any of those things now, go ahead and do so. Which is great because this leads me into my disclaimer for this episode. Um, I do cuss in this podcast. I may not present information in a way that is palatable for you, so this is absolutely your way out. Uh, You can unsubscribe, delete me from, wherever you listen to me. If you don't agree with me cussing and believe that takes away from the information being presented, that's no hard feelings. Just go ahead and take your leave now. I don't need to have any DMs or emails or anything like that telling me how to talk. Um, I'm just not really for it. Um, I'm always up for constructive criticism, but I do not believe that policing a black woman's tone is constructive criticism. I just believe that you need it reconstructed because you're uncomfortable. I'm okay with making people uncomfortable. I've built my career in tech doing all of these toxic things because I like making people uncomfortable. Being uncomfortable causes growth. So <laughs> um, with all that said, gosh, that was a little dark. <laughs> with all that said, we are actually going to be discussing how to build a tech community. I think this is a really interesting part because um, Twitter has been such a major focal point for me and in the importance of networking and finding great people all throughout tech. it's really kept me going. Those people that I found have kept me going, knowing that there are great people, there are great women in technology that uh, go through the same things I do and they're more successful than I am and so outspoken and amazing 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 people so i think it's important to bring that to the masses and to talk about how this is an important thing As usual, I am going to move forward by revealing my sources for this episode for full transparency. In addition to those sources, I, of course, have my own thoughts and takes and experience sprinkled throughout because I'm not just regurgitating information that I found through Google. Okay, so the list of sources are, this is How You Build a Tech Community by Vivek Vodha for the Washington Post on September 2012. Why Building a Community Before Launching is Vital, Four Ways to Do It Right by Bavesh Kaladra of the thestartupgrind.com. Also, How to Build a Vibrant Tech Community, Four Lessons from Cincinnati by Patrick Doolin, Director of Content for powderkeg.com. There's also going to be some important bits here that I'm going to need to tell y'all. This is not going to be geared toward um, a startup community, meaning I don't really care about making a startup business that's not something that i'm currently doing that's not my what my current business plan is for the small business that i do have so this is not going to be startup community specific although a lot of the sources that i found and even some of them that i have right now are startup communities specific fortunately their advice is sound for those of us outside of the capitalistic mindset of starting a tech company and are focused on growing reliable connections and a fostering of a community that are conscious of the impact of their involvement within technology and what that involvement has in the greater or lesser good of humanity. Also in this episode, I will mention D&I, and in this context, I am talking about diversity and inclusion, so if you hear me say DNI, i mean diversity and inclusion. Lastly, I will be breaking this episode down into two separate communities, online and local, because oftentimes it's way easier to build an online community than it is to build a local community within your town or city. And with that, away we go. As far as an online community, the first thing that I thought of was open source. Now, open source is a slippery slope for me personally. I cannot say that I have contributed to open source a lot, mainly because there is a lot of toxicity within open source. A lot of times, depending on who's moderating the project, it's a really good way to breed a really toxic echo chamber of thoughts, and to also harbor and incubate really harmful discourse specifically toward the minority community. I initially spoke on the importance of DNI and and open source in my talk titled Open Source Diversifying the Initiative, which I first gave in 2018 at a Comcast DevOps Day in Philadelphia, and then again, a heavily revised talk in 2019 at self-conference. In the talk, I make a point of noting the lack of diversity in gender, racial, ethnic, and even language and frameworks within the open source community by using the developer surveys from Stack Overflow, which is a really good insight about the active members of the open source and developer community. My suggestion is, if you plan on making an open source project, I definitely suggest setting forth a code of conduct immediately that reflects an inviting and protective community. By an inclusive community, I mean one that does not judge people based on race, gender, sex, or orientation. A good place to start would be Coraline Ada's Contributor Covenant, which is a widespread adoption of the codes of conduct for open source projects and communities. Some places of note that use this code of conduct would be Linux, Ruby on Rails, Swift, Go, and JRuby. Other relevant people, according to Wikipedia, would be Google, Apple, Microsoft, Intel, Eclipse, and GitLab. Of course, I'm not saying just to adapt this to your projects without reading it first, but I would say that Caroline Ada's contributor, Covenant, is a very great start. I feel as though it would be the right step to take in making sure that everyone within your project feels comfortable. People, especially people from underrepresented groups, have the tendency to avoid open source projects because of the lack of representation from their identified groups, and also because, as I mentioned before, it's opening up another way for them to be attacked. The second thing that I would highly recommend if you're trying to make a community for yourself is Twitter. I cannot talk enough about Twitter, about how I found so many smart and inspiring people within the tech community. A lot of the people that I follow are avid activists, like myself, about the points that I care about the most within technology. And another large portion of them just shitposts things that I equally care about, because who wants to be completely serious all the time? Shitposting is necessary, and I am a fan of it. I was also able to find out about a lot of not so secret Discord communities geared specifically toward women in tech and also people of color in tech that I wouldn't have ever known about if I wasn't following somebody that DM'd me and rattied me to the group. A lot of these things are not open knowledge, mainly because they don't want everybody to infiltrate it. Not because it's some source of superiority, but it's more so a source of safety and making sure that the Discord server is a safe space for everyone involved. With that said, they are pretty easy to find if you ask and follow the right people but if it is something that you can't seem to get an invite to because sometimes they are at capacity and don't allow new members if there's not enough moderators and yada 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 there's nothing stopping you from starting your own discord server and promoting that on twitter as well if you do tweet that at me because i would absolutely join i love talking to other technologists um a warning about twitter though (laughs) is that if uh, if you're incapable of being able to sort and formulate your own opinions on topics, it is very, very easy to get sucked into an echo chamber of ridiculousness because Twitter is a social media platform. Usually the people that have a higher follower count usually have their ideas spread around first. And sometimes those are not the best opinions to have. Um... To say the least, or it's very misleading, or it's very self-serving. You just need to be equally as careful about who you're following and what information you're retaining. It means if somebody tweets something, it's best to do your research for it because you just can't believe everything that you read on Twitter. But with that said, the tech Twitter community as a whole is a wonderfully supportive and creative space. But with all good comes some bad And when it comes to bad, it's usually bad posts. The last item on the list for building a tech community for yourself is Twitch. Uh, I didn't think I would ever be doing a podcast episode where I'm talking about building a tech community and I'm talking about Twitch. But when you think about it, Twitch should be a no-brainer. Twitch has opened so many doors for so many people in technology, a lot of them women in tech, to be able to show their technical chops while also building their own personal brand and community through live streams. I personally have my own Twitch where I was able to live stream me building my first gaming PC, which is 10 hours long. Please don't go and find it because it's really terrible. And The majority of the people and followers that I received from that stream were PC building vets or people that had always wanted to build a PC but couldn't quantify what sort of effort would go into their first build. So not only is it a good way of getting other people that are interested in the same topics that you like, it's a really nice way to just have another avenue of being able to teach people. And as you can tell by the podcast, I do like sharing my experience and sharing my voice, and Twitch just helps me do that as well. I mean, I also stream video games on it as well. Don't get me wrong. I stream video games for the majority of the time. But there are a lot of other people than tech that do live coding, which shout out to you because you're girl. I will not be live coding on stream anytime soon. It's honestly horrifying, and I have no idea how y'all do that. With a consistent Twitch schedule, the community will follow rapidly. I have been streaming somewhat consistently for the past two to three months. I took a month hiatus in there. And you know what? The followers come. They really do. And it's pretty exciting. Moving on to locally, building a tech community locally is a lot harder and will probably take you a lot longer. I feel as though I had a little bit of an easier time getting into a tech community here locally because I did attend a coding boot camp in this city. And then after I received my job, I also started living in this city. So I also already had a base of people to work around. And from there on out, I did start going to a lot of technical events, um, a lot of happy hours, a lot of things like that. And it really helped me start what i would like to say is just my involvement in the tech community within my city in general so outside of that i will be giving you tips on how to get involved in local projects it's definitely a lot harder because it's something that you have to deal with face to face believe it or not i am a pretty reserved and shy person when it comes to talking to people A couple of years ago, I would even say that I had social anxiety, but um, I'm very fortunate that I'm slowly starting to get over it being debilitating. Here are some things that you can set forth if your anxiety allows. The first thing I'd suggest is to start becoming involved in local projects. So by local projects, it could mean anything from a local open source initiative, which my city actually has a lot of, or it could just mean helping organize something or to actually start a meetup even. I say Meetup because I'm very used to talking about Meetup as the platform where I found a lot of my technical events. I will say, as of, I believe, October of 2019, according to the Verge article that I found on this, is that Meetup did announce that it was starting to test out a new payment structure so that it will actually charge users to RSVP for an event, which means that you, the user, if you want to RSVP for an event, it would charge $2.00 two dollars for you to say that you're even going and obviously that's not great kind of terrible actually why should I have to pay two dollars just to say I'm coming to this event I feel as though meetup was already making money from like event organizers because I know that there were two options I believe far as using meetup or at least that's what I saw when I was using the meetup for girl develop it when I was doing that for that small amount of time but it just doesn't have to be on meetup again twitter is a great way to find those meetups and it's also a really good idea to google it google in your city um, being close to philadelphia is great because philadelphia has such a large and active tech community it's also it's always worth it to look within your city but then also go to other cities and see how they're handling their local projects as well because that will could give you ideas to just try to start something within York community. And as people say, copying is a form of flattery as long as you're just not outright stealing it. So I talked about meetups. So that kind of goes into going to networking events. Meet Going to a meetup is a form of networking event. However, there are other things. If you are a social drinker or drink at all, going to a local happy hour is also nice. You can also get networking events from within your company. I think people don't network within their company enough granted not everybody wants to go to a happy hour or meet up with all of their co-workers because usually you're like i just spent eight to ten hours here i would like to go home and not look at any of your faces ever again until tomorrow (laughs) but if you want to but if you want to start your own community why not start where you have access to the largest pool of people and for free easily. Of course, just make sure it aligns with the employee handbook at your work and there's no HR violations going on before you do such things. The third and last thing, which has been... Paramount and how I built my tech community and by tech community. I just mean the people that I trust within my community I almost feel as though my communities were people that I can get mentorship from because they're my friends But the way that I did that was using my social media platforms for promotion of issues that you care about in your area These things don't necessarily have to be tech specific although some of mine are but primarily a lot of them are race issues because I am a black woman And this is a really good way to start because people see that you're actually passionate, that you're willing to get things done, that you're very active. And people that agree with those things that are in your area or anything like that will link up with you and will start to make plans with you on how to create a better space within your community. Lately, I have been very uh, vocal about that, especially since George Floyd's death And I think that that has been a huge push for me. I've gotten um, a lot of followers on Twitter because of it. And, you know, while that does give me some anxiety thinking about a lot of people following me now, that just means that I have a larger base where I can actually help people with their problems. And I can't say enough good things about that. But obviously, to recap, become involved in local projects, be it open source or otherwise go to your networking events and also use social media platforms promotion of issues that you care about in your area i specifically use the social media platform that i have the most followers on to do that because i have the most outreach that and i low-key don't use facebook at all and i only use instagram for insta stories i'm sorry facebook i'm really sorry (laughs) and that is the end of the episode if you like this episode please feel free to leave me a review on apple Podcasts or wherever you are listening to this episode it really helps me out um pushing me up the charts and speaking of the charts i have been charting in europe for the past couple of weeks so hello everybody this is amazing (laughs) um i think the highest i've gone I, i believe i was like number 12 in denmark It's wild, so that's really cool. If my friends in the U.S. could, you know, hop on the boat, (laughs) that would be great. As always, if you have any questions, comments, or concerns, feel free to email me at thegetcutepodcast at gmail.com. Then also feel free to follow the podcast at thegetcutepodcast at Twitter. Or if you want to follow me personally, please feel free to follow me at SoAndSos on Twitter as well. This episode was really freeing, and I'm so thankful to all of you that have showed me love, that have supported me for being very vocal about Black Lives Matter, who sent me money. Thanks. I love money because, you know, being unemployed, (laughs) it helps. It helps a little bit. Uh, And yeah, I think that's really all I have to say today. Um, I will see all of you next week. Bye.